I feel like I need to start training my body as if I was preparing for a marathon to get ready for Texas Pinball Festival next year because there is just a level of physical abuse your body takes when you are at a pinball show. Um, I'm at the airport right now, so you're going to hear like airport BS over the loudspeaker. There's nothing I can do. I am probably just sitting in the wrong place, but there is like hardly anywhere to find some quiet little corner in an airport to record a podcast. But I wanted to get you guys my feedback um, from day two of the Texas Pinball Festival. So don't ever say I'm not dedicated to getting you guys um, a show, even though if I'm in the middle of traveling. I have to head to Atlanta for work. But here's what happened at day two. The two big things um, were highlights of the day. Um, one is Spooky Pinball showing us Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle Two, um, Stern Pinball having their seminar in which this podcast was actually called out specifically um, by George Gomez. And I want to tell you what he said and, and also a, a subsequent conversation I had with him following that that no one was privy to but, but him and I. Um, but it, it's all good stuff. I, I think there's a level of um, respect and camaraderie that everyone who's in this hobby uh, experiences. And that is what makes these shows so special. Because, you know, here I am. I, I, I feel like it's been one long day. I, I flew in on Friday, and it's Sunday morning, and it really just feels like one long consecutive day of drinking a ton of booze, eating a ton of food, and seeing a ton, a ton of pinball. And and when it's over, you kind of sit back, and you're like, you know what? I didn't even actually play much pinball. Uh, I, I spent majority of my time catching up with friends and, and hanging out. Um, but I, I, I say this. My body is on like a biological clock, and I'm, no- I'm normally used to waking up every morning around 7 o'clock uh, because that's when Bubba has to go out. And at TPF, I'm like in bed at like 2 or 3 in the morning, which is another hour later in New York. So I'm just dead tired. But let's get right to the stuff you want to hear about. So what were my thoughts on Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle? So when Charlie unveiled the game at 4 o'clock, uh, he had the seminar room packed. I mean, it was standing room only. As I was walking up to the room, it was like 3.59. Uh, and there was like people outside just trying to even get into the room. And when I got in there, there was still some uh, some TNA being played by Bowen Karens. Uh, guy's amazing. I mean, I got there like at the end. Apparently, he spent the hour going through all nine reactors and showing people how to beat the game and, and strategies on total nuclear annihilation. Uh, I always say like I probably wouldn't want to ever be that good at pinball because I feel like that guy can just beat any game anytime he wants to and then it's just like on to the next. I mean, he literally is that good. Uh, but he got a standing ovation and it was really cool to see people celebrating the best of the best when it comes to pinball skills. But finally he was done. They wrapped it up. Charlie was in the back wearing uh, like a cape and a top hat and then his eyes painted like Alice Cooper and they marched down to the front of the room and they brought with them uh, a pinball machine that was covered up. Uh, Clearly they had removed the paper and plastic that was covering the playfield from the previous few days and they had their moment to reveal a TPF. Now what I want to do is I want to talk about how they revealed and then what they revealed because I think those are two separate things and you know me I'm always going to look at how pinball companies decide to reveal their products to the world through the lens of a little bit of a marketer right I, I, I think you get one opportunity to build as much excitement and enthusiasm for your product as possible. Um, and that's just the first impression. I, of course, of course, it's not, I, you know, nothing's really going to go 
horribly wrong during a pinball reveal. Uh, at the end of the day, pinball people will find the pictures they need. They will find time to get on a game. Um, and they will have a, a plethora of content to look at whenever a new game is revealed. Because you know what happens? Uh, hundreds of people with cell phones will bombard the machine and start taking pictures and videos once a game is revealed. But here's, so here's what they did. Um, they got up there and they showed a great video of Alice Cooper talking about how much uh, excitement he has for being immortalized in a pinball machine. And it was a really good video. It was a really great video. I I think Spooky and company did a great job um, showing the backstage footage they had when they brought Bug and to see Alice Cooper and and, and unveil the game to him. And I can say that um, Alice Cooper is, in fact, getting um, game number one which is super awesome. It's, it's a dream come true for these guys. I mean, I think the other part is, you know, when Charlie first got up there, he said, you know, we're not trying to be stern. We're not trying to be these big manufacturers. Uh, and this is sort of like this family is living their dream. And I think if you sort of step away from, you know, just critiquing the products they make, um, I'm in awe of anyone who follows their life's passion and their life's dreams. And it, their family, their whole family is lifted up um, by pinball and by making pinball machines. And, you know, if, if their son's favorite act is Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle and, and through making pinball machines, he's able to meet Alice Cooper, meet, you know, meet his favorite drummer, hang out with the band, um, and, and, and also make a pinball machine that captures his favorite artist. I think that's absolutely incredible. I mean, I can't even tell you the excitement I had when I got somewhat close to the world of Guns N' Roses, uh, but not nearly this close. And I think these guys are, are living the dream. And I think that rubs off on people. And I think what we've always asked of Spooky Pinball is that um, the passion they have for the industry makes its way into a product that is also a stellar pinball product. And we'll get to that in a minute, but I'm still talking about the reveal. So they're up there, they show this video, and they have an hour. They have an hour scheduled to reveal Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Um, and then they sort of put up a PowerPoint slide that said the reveal, and they pulled the curtain off the game. You know, that moment, right? That moment where you lift the curtain off and we're going to see for the first time the populated playfield of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle. Uh, and, you know, that was it. We had this video image of the top down of the game and, and like it was colorful, it was bright, but it was like so hard to see. I think everyone in attendance just couldn't get a sense of what they were looking at because it's almost impossible when you're shooting in a bright room like those seminar rooms and you're just looking top down on a game it sort of it sort of flattens everything and if there's anything this game is not it's flat it has a lot of depth it has a lot of detail and we just couldn't see any of it and sort of you know charlie went over and was talking about certain things the game would be doing um but i think everyone in the room just couldn't really figure it out because of what we were looking at just did not connect um we couldn't even, you know, we couldn't really comprehend it. Um, so that was like my only like, oh man, if I could just give one advice next time they do do a reveal is to just have high-res images ready of the game and walk us through it. I mean, I feel like Charlie was nervous and even said he was nervous, um, but they put so much effort into this game. There's no need to rush. I mean, you've got the whole hour at the show. You know, I think you can take your time and explain to people, you know, the game. Walk us through the storyline. Walk us through, like, what the objective is, that you're, you know, you're trying to escape from this castle, and there's these monsters, and we work with back alley creations to sculpt a world under glass that is unlike anything we ever thought we could do before. You know, there's, there's a story there. There's a narrative. And I think the art of 
public speaking and, and really getting your story down, it takes practice. It takes rehearsal. And we all know that pinball people are not the best at this. I mean, it's not just Charlie. I was in some other seminars where I'm just like, oh, man, like, do people even, like, do they even, like, run through this before coming to a show where people are going to be expecting to hear something? Um, so I'll say this, though. that It, it didn't last very long. I, eventually, Charlie was just like, you know what? I'm just going to put the game out there on the floor and let you play it and let you have at it. And that's what they did. It, it only, we were only in the room for like 10 minutes and then everyone just like bum rushed the game. And that's when we really got to see Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle for the first time. Uh, I walked up to it, kind of ran up to it. There was a lot of people looking at it. And I have to say, I have to say the game looks great. I mean, there is there. I have nothing bad to say about the appearance of this game. I think the cabinet. I'm going to talk a little bit more about that in a, in a second. The cabinet artwork, the the printing to the cabinet is incredible. The detail in the game looks phenomenal. It it you know I look I I I know people make fun of me for saying world under glass, world under glass, but this is a world under glass, and it doesn't feel just like a traditional music pin. It really feels like you're in this horror castle. And there's so much going on. There's a guillotine. There's a Frankenstein. There's there's you know there's multiple layers. Upper playfield. So I think everything there um, that we wanted in terms of spooky taking their games to the next level was there. And I think everyone agrees. I think everyone who saw it was was completely blown away by um, this being there. This is the game. I mean, we've said it. This had to be a game that really they put a lot into if they were going to sell 500 of. And I, and I think they're going to do it. You know, I think they're going to do it. And so also another good decision was to put the game on one ball so that people could come up and play one ball of the game. And Charlie explained, like, the code is not there. The code is not there. Um, the code will get there. But right now he just wanted people to get a sense of this is what the game is going to look like and this is what the game is going to shoot like. Now, it's funny because if Stern showed up with a game with so little code, people would have like chastised them and screamed how terrible, how could you arrive without, you know, much in the game. Um, but there's hardly anything in this game right now. And, and it was fine though. You know, I think we give Spooky much more of a break than we give Stern, probably because there's not 400 people working at Spooky Pinball who, who get these games ready for market. Um, the other big news though was right before the game was revealed is Charlie revealed that Bowen Karens is now an employee or working for uh, Spooky Pinball to help them with, with game rules and game design um, and, and code. F- he'll be like a consultant for the code. I mean, I think it's a great move. I mean, who better to help consult on a game than a guy who knows everything about so many games and knows knows how to like beat everything and knows what makes a game good. Um, so that's really, really exciting news that Spooky has Bone Karens now on board helping them with, 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 um, with code development. So a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff coming out of the show for, for Spooky. And I, I said it from the very beginning, you know, this was going to be their show to lose because there really wasn't anything else new that was going to be shown at this show. Monster Bash wasn't there. Iron Maiden wasn't there. We had Jersey Jack Pinball there, you know, and we saw Pirates of the Caribbean before. So the, Pirates was not going to have this like, wow, like, you know, reveal moment. Uh, but for a lot of people, this was the first time they were seeing Pirates of the Caribbean and jumping on it. Um, same with Houdini. You know, those were the games. I mean, at the end of the day, the new uh, games that people are looking at are Houdini, are Jersey Jack uh, 
Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, total nuclear annihilation. And from Stern, you know, I mean, I think people are re-looking at Batman, but I think for the most part, Iron Maiden is the game that people are waiting for. So, to, to wrap this up, to wrap this up, I think it was a little bit of a fumbled reveal in the seminar room for Charlie and company. I think if I could give them some advice, I would work on that part of of their presentation. Um, when you spend so much time on something, you take it slow, savor that moment, really walk through um, all the hurdles and things you did to make this game happen. I think there's a story there that we just quite don't know yet. Um, And I was hoping he would have gone a little bit deeper into making this game. Um, But does it really matter? Absolutely not. I think the response that I'm seeing on Pinside and the response from people in the room is that this is a great game. And we haven't talked about the greatest part about this game. It's only $6,500, and I know they raised the price a couple hundred bucks because they're using P-Rock and full RGB LEDs, um, but I think you're going to get your money's worth there. Now, the other thing is this. He had a standard cabinet, and then he had the butter cabinet, and the butter cabinet is a $1,000 upgrade, but I'll say this. You want that butter cabinet, and Charlie was telling me it's the difference between artwork printed on like a $15,000 machine and artwork printed on a quarter million dollar machine. And so if you are going to get an Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle, just take my word for it. You want the butter cabinet. It, it The colors pop like I've never seen colors pop on a game. It is gorgeous. And it's directly printed to the wood. This isn't some cheap decal slapped on. All right. As far as, I mean, I can't go too much into the gameplay of Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle because I played a few games on it. Um, I definitely think it, it's a fun layout. Uh, I, you know, there's not much going on in the game right now. So I think there's, there's like, I, I want to hold my reservations, but I think from what we see in the game, from a, from a layout, from a mechanisms, um, there's a really cool, like, magna save in, in between the flippers. I know Goldeneye has this where the, if you, the ball will go beneath the center of, of between down the middle of the flippers and the magnet will grab it and throw the ball back up into play, which is super freaking cool. Um, so I think there's a lot in the game to be excited about. There's a guillotine that be, acts as a ball lock in the upper playfield area. Um, lots and lots and lots of detail in the artwork. So I think, look, I think people are going to be happy. I, I don't have anything else other to say than I think Spooky and company did a great job. And I think we're seeing the fruits of their labor and I think people are going to love it. I really do. I, you know, now you have to make sure you want it because if you go in on one, the refunds are non-refundable. And I think the order books open up in about a week or so. So make sure, you know, you want it. Um, you know, I know it's hard. That's hard, right? It's hard to get in on a game that you're going to have to lay money down on before ever playing it. Um, but maybe that's, you know, that's fine. Maybe that's fine. Um, I think you guys, uh, you know, I would just recommend playing it. I, it's 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 a little bit of a quagmire. I get it. I get it. But I do think they're going to sell all 500. I was skeptical at first whether they would do it, but um, I do think people want new stuff. As much as Monster Bash is a great old game, it's an old game. And I told Charlie, like, people want new stuff, new experiences. So um, it's it's your market. It's your market because you have something new in it um, versus just looking back with these remakes. Uh, I keep getting interrupted with this intercom in this airport, but I'm doing my best. I'm doing my best. All right, let me get to the other part of yesterday that, that really stood out for me. So... Um, George Gomez was up there, and he was talking about Stern Pinball, and he walked us through sort of a little bit of a behind-the-scenes journey at Stern Pinball. He walked us through, like, the private design area of Stern Pinball, where he began to tease their next title. They called it um, Titanium Man, right, which is obviously referring to Iron Maiden. 
um, and he gave us a nice sort of like behind the scenes look. Something that I really liked what they did was they played a video of the making of Guardians of the Galaxy. And they had the coder, they had John Borg, they had people who are working on the game. And it was a nice sort of sort of like two minute journey into like how they developed Guardians of the Galaxy. I'm, you know, and I think that video is great. I'm, part of me is just like, well, wh- I just wish they would launch this stuff when the games are launched. And, I, and I'll explain why in a minute. Uh, because this is what happened. This is what happened. And I wasn't expecting this. And I saw George when I first got there at Wild Pitch. And I said hi to him. And I could tell, like, you know, he wasn't that excited to see me. I get that a lot in this industry. Um, and someone asked a question about what, what do you say to the rumors about Lyman Sheets retiring? Which I, kind of, I find that kind of funny because I was having dinner with Lyman Sheets the night before and hanging out with him a little bit that day. Um, what do you think about those rumors? And I... And basically, George was like, you know, these rumors, you know, they, who knows where they come from, but, you know, there's a pinball podcaster in New York who aims to be provocative and sometimes, you know, says stuff that's just bullshit. I mean, I'm just paraphrasing. That's not exactly what he said. I'm sure there's a video somewhere. uh, And that I'm really good at being provocative. And that's what I aim for. Uh, And I want to sort of just talk about sort of how I felt in that moment where like George Gomez, the guy who like runs the biggest pinball company in the world is saying those things about my podcast. I want to, I want to break it down and, and sort of how it made me feel and just thinking about it because I also ended up talking to George later that night at at Perry's steakhouse. I saw him at the bar by himself and I wanted to just like, you know, just clear the air a little bit and, and, and and tell him where I'm coming from and, and, and whatnot. So look, he said that you know they always aim for for speaking the truth, and if they if given the opportunity, they're going to speak their minds. And I want to just say this: first and foremost, I have the utmost respect for George Gomez. I have the utmost respect for Stern Pinball. I think I've said it on this podcast many, many times. Um, if it weren't for Stern Pinball, there would be no Texas Pinball Festival. There would be no Canada's Pinball Podcast. There would be no pinball. There would be no modern pinball that we're all playing and enjoying. That's just the reality of of what they've done and all the hard work they do. And I think Stern is a company that, because they are so big, it is easy for them to get the, you know, the, the majority of complaints and the majority of frustration and the majority of the arrows head in their direction because they're the ones who are actually putting pinball in people's homes where so many other companies out there have failed to do what Stern does on a daily basis. You know, you got to remember... When companies come out and say, oh, we're going to ship 50, we're going to ship 200, we're going to ship, you know, Stern is making that in a week and they're on to the next. You know, they're shipping thousands of games a year. This isn't a company that ever has a pause, you know, and George Gomez is responsible for putting food on the table for hundreds of employees, not not just a few people here and there. This is not just a family-run operation. I mean, he's got a lot on his mind and he's got a lot he's got to deal with. And I'm sure dealing with someone like me or hearing the things I say at times has to be frustrating as hell, especially when you know more than I do. And I'm always going to be at a disadvantage on this podcast. I'm always going to, you know, have to speculate on things that I don't, you know, know 100%. And I'll say this, the, the Lyman Sheets re- retiring comment came from someone who hit me up and said, hey, like, I know for a fact that Lyman is leaving Stern and this is happening and this is happening. And, you know, it's, it's always hard for me because what do I then go do? Do I then go ask Lyman Sheets and Stern? I know they won't comment. Is this guy telling the truth? And then also aired as a rumor. Now, what I need to do a better job of, and this is just 
this is me learning as a podcaster. And I told this to George, like, I want to get better. I want you to tell me like what exactly goes, you know, what, what goes on in Stern when, when, if I say something like this, what, what are the repercussions? Uh, I need to do a better job of not just flippantly saying stuff that does have a damaging impact on, on a company and a company's business and a company's ability um, to be, you know, s- successful. Because rumors can be damaging. Now, look, when I, when I had all the information I had about Highway Pinball, I knew that was real. I, I knew. I verified it. I, I fact-checked it. I fact-checked all of it. I knew it was accurate. I knew Andrew Highway was lying. And you all, uh, some of you didn't believe me, but in the end, everything I said was true. Um, but recently, I've, I've said some things that I think I, I need to do a better job of fact-checking. And like the, like the Jersey Jack CEO stepping down. And then like Lyman Cheats retiring. And, you know... Are these things going to happen? I don't know. And if I do talk about this stuff, I will do a better job of, of indicating uh, how close to the truth I think this information is. Uh, so there's that. Now, in terms of this podcast being provocative, uh, there's a lot that goes on in this hobby, and I will always be a provocative voice within the pinball world. I think you listen to me because of that. I am not here to uh, be a cheerleader for any one company, and if some company does something wrong, I do want to call them out on it. You know, because because as much as I do respect everyone over at Stern for what they do, they also do make mistakes at times, and they don't always handle it the way uh, that. I think is the best way to handle it, but they always do handle it. And that's the thing, you know, as much I, I, I've had Stern machines, I've had other manufacturers machines for the most part, I think like 99% of the time Stern takes care of its customers. Stern a hundred percent of the times gets people a game when they pay for it. And Stern has so many games that they're working on and they're going to continue to be um, the biggest player in town. You know, look, Alice Cooper's Nightmare Castle is awesome. Charlie's going to be making that and Total Nuclear Annihilation probably for the next couple years. In the next couple years, Stern is going to get 10, probably like 8 to 10 new titles out the door for us. And that's incredible. I mean, that is absolutely incredible. And when I was at the Marco booth at Texas Pinball Festival... The variety of titles that Stern has, you know, everything from Batman to Ghostbusters to Aerosmith to Star Wars to, you, you know, ACDC, and they're all, they're, they're all great games. I mean, sometimes we really, really, really are too hard on Stern, and, and I'll be the first to admit it. And again, because it's easy to cr- criticize um, the company that has the majority of the share of pinball, because we all feel, we all kind of also want options. You know, it's just part of being human like we want to have as many options as possible like i don't want to live in a world where there's only one performance sports car manufacturer right if if porsche was the only company making sports cars and they dominated the market i would still long for some variety and i think that's what drives people in the enthusiast sort of collectible part of this hobby is we just want options right and sometimes we we we're overly critical of stern because we think they could do better for what they're charging for their games um but i'll say this and this is what i told george and i think if i could ask them to do more of this i think they'd be better off as i think stern should let us in a little bit more on the process and the stories behind their games i'll tell you why for two reasons i think reason number one is when you let people know what goes into a game and the story behind it and all the hard work and you show the people, I'll tell you what it does. It makes idiots like me sort of be less critical because you know what? 
Now I know. Now I know why that is the way it is. Now I know why uh, it Star Wars ended up the way it did. You know, I think I, I I think I've been overly critical on Steve Ritchie, being like he needs to retire, this and that. And, you know, Steve Ritchie tells people flat out like working on that game was a nightmare because of Disney and the approval process and everything they made him do. You know, he was so compromised in making Star Wars. Um, I think when you let people know the stories behind the games, I, I think it eliminates a lot of the criticism because people feel like now they know, all right? I think that's that's a good reason why they should do that. I also think it gives people more excitement for the product itself because there's a story behind it. When you walk up to a machine, like you walk up to Guardians, like so many times people are just focused on like what's not in the game and they don't even know like the story that went into building the game. And that just makes people uh, have an increased desire to own something when they know the story behind it. So look, I fully, fully respect George. And I think George uh, was totally warranted in jabbing at me and saying some stuff about me that wasn't so nice because I've said stuff about them that is not so nice. But we, we shook hands and I told him, you know what, I'm going to do more in the future to be more fair and to not sort of say things without thinking them through fully. All right, I'm still going to give my opinions about the games because that's what I do. Um, but I, I, I definitely, I definitely want to say that, you know, that defines some of my trip, you know, being called out by the world's biggest pinball manufacturer for doing what I do. Um, but I'm going to keep doing it and I hope you enjoy it. Now I got to go run and catch my flight. I'll say this pinball is back in a big way. There are so many options there. It is competitive though. I would hate, I would hate to try and have to sell like a thousand or 2000 titles to stay in business because the money is going to go all over the place and I would never want to compete with the manufacturing ability of like Stern and all the titles coming out. I just wouldn't. I think the white space in this hobby, even as I walked around the show, nobody is making a high-end collectible limited run game. That is the only white space I can see in the hobby. I think Charlie's doing it right. I think Stern is doing it right. I think Jersey Jack will get there. They're just not quite there yet in terms of like the theme that's going to sell thousands and thousands of units. Um, Pirates looked great. I, I'll go into more detail about that on a recap show that I'll do probably with Blake or some other people. Um, but the super high-end collector is still left without any options. And I think that is the white space that if you're listening and you want to ma- bring pinball to market... That's that's the itch you need to scratch or else good luck trying to break through with all these games. Have a good day, guys. I got to catch a flight. I'll talk to you real soon. <laughs>